Welcome to the Thomas Anonymous Show with your host, Tommy Natoli. That's me. This is the best LGBTQ plus podcast featuring members and allies of the community. They share their experiences growing up, coming out, and all the fun in between. It's hilarious, poignant, and salacious. So you better buckle up, because it's going to be a truthful, sparkly ride. Hi, yes, welcome to the show. Oh, yes, me. <laughs> Today's show, I'm going to be talking with the one, the only, the fabulous XO Vinny Blanco. I love this guy. He is so sweet. We met on stereo and I loved his energy and overall awesomeness. Exo Vinny Blanco is a mental health advocate. He's the host of The Roll Call. That's hard for me to say. Roll Call. <laughs> He's host of The Roll. Oh God. The Roll Call. I can't say it now. Roll Call. Morning show. <laughs> Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that is on the stereo app. So let's get right into it. This is our live broadcast of the Thomas Anonymous Show with the fabulous Exo Vinny Blanco. Well, I'm from the Northeast. Um, I'm originally from Philadelphia. Um, I was raised um, partly in Philadelphia and partly in southern New Jersey, which is like more of like, uh, I mean, my coming out story, I mean, I was raised within the stereotypical black church type of background. So like, you know, you know, I'm sure without having to say much, like the trauma and the mental illness <laughs> that is attached yeah. within that with that whole mentality. But um but yeah coming out, I mean for me personally, um was something that was new that it was something I was going to have to do, but was something I was trying to avoid for the longest time. Because I feel like with most with most gay people and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if this is your experience, but I, I'm finding that this is definitely mine and definitely keep connected with it. But I feel like there's two kind of like is just going on like as far as like come out like first it's like being comfortable and confident enough to be able to tell other people who you are but mm-hmm. then after you like come out like you also go through a period of like being comfortable with the fact that you're out now you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah and I, I feel like there's there's like levels to it for sure um so it was always something that I knew I was going to have to do, but I just kind of like tried to avoid by any means necessary because I knew kind of like the backlash that was, that was going to happen. Um, but at the same time, I thought I just eventually after, you know, kind of being and being used to like, like being you know, criticized and judged, like, to the point where I just allowed those experiences to just get me to just be completely strong and, and, and firm in who I am, even if that means I have to stand in it by myself. Um, and so when I decided to come out, like, of course, it was backlash, but it didn't affect me as I thought it would originally because I was just determined to not allow my happiness to be contingent on other people. Yeah, which is so wonderfully healthy and and such an awesome place to like finally get to after after like having to be brought up in such a religious kind of environment. I um I I so in in my thing like chapter 1 it's all about religion for me because like I've talked to so many people that have had experiences like yours and and mine yeah. was and and people that have had even more extreme extreme experiences with religion and I didn't sure. get that. You know, I, I we were like religious kind of bouncers like we bounced from catholic church to christian church and we were we were definitely involved in religion but not enough that religion ever made me feel bad about being gay for me it was more right. about like 
parents and you know the all the adults that were just in my life that really told me how horrible it was so yeah i'm always fascinated by other people's experience with religion and how like how are you able to to block something out like that or like really how do you process it all I think that that really comes down to like receiving, and this is why I'm such a huge advocate of mental health um, yeah. awareness, um, because it's one of those things that you have to understand that um, a lot of that was kind of manipulation. Like I feel like my my family, my background specifically, used religion as a weapon. It was very weaponized in the mm. manner of if you're not living according to what I feel like is acceptable within the 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 uh, ramifications of that come with like my religion then you're going to hell you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and yeah so when when i was able to re- to kind of like be able to separate um spiritual spirituality from mm. um, religion um and understand that there's nothing wrong with being a spiritual person and and having a connection that goes past you know that's strictly faith based and not and not off of what people are telling you or what people are, yeah. are you know interjecting. Um, once I was able to kind of allow myself to understand a divide, it was when I when I was able to kind of like unpack a lot of those traumas that came with being raised within that whole um, experience. But like I said before, like it's one of those things that I think that especially if you're if you were like raised in it like I was, um, it's one of those things that you will not be really aware of until like you are able to sit down with like a psychiatrist and like actually like unpack your life yeah. story and and then realize okay this is this is an issue i have for sure and then this is also you know me dealing with a trauma that was enforced on me because people were using religion religion as, as a means of mass destruction as far as like trying to hinder myself or dim my light or or kind of belittle myself um because they didn't agree with who I was at the core of me. Oh, that's I I love that. Isn't that isn't that such a great feeling when you actually do get to kind of find that divide between like the religious aspect and then the spirituality? I think it's it's almost like this like sense of freedom. It's a lot like coming out in a way because you get to take the parts that that actually are good and have uh, value and and just take yeah. those and you know and leave all the leave all the junk behind you know what i mean and the christian community um i will always say this there are strong values within um, religion, like, I definitely think that, you know, when it comes to morality and, like, you know, trying to live your life on a more of, like, a faith-based type of understanding and knowing that at the end of the day, as long as you are, you know, trying to be the best person you can be and and you're trying to allow yourself to be a vessel um, of light, love, and positivity, like I always say, um, then you're you're going to be okay, that you're moving in the right direction. Um, So, I think I completely lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. I'm on like no, a you're fine. Give- you're f- if I fell, if it sounds like I fell, up, sometimes my thing gets really choppy, and I just wait for it to return. So I'm not, I'm not, not here. I'm just like waiting for myself to get back <laughs> to be back. In. No, it's completely okay. Like this week, ex- this week has been <laughs> exceptional. I've been through the ringer twice, um, and, and you know, it's it's always you know 
it's always a fun time. But like, um, <laughs> but no, you're completely fine. I was just trying to make sure that my signal wasn't chopped because I had one of my listeners um, reach, uh, slide into the Instagram DMs and be like, uh, make sure that your connection is good. I was like, really? Because I can hear Thomas fine. I don't know if it's me. Well, it's it's also weird because sometimes, and this is just like a weird like side note, but like sometimes because I for a lot for these episodes specifically, I download them and then I uploaded them into my other thing. But sometimes it's it comes through fine on the recording part, like it's choppy during the call. But then when you actually play it back, it's not it's not choppy. So um, I mean, that's what I'm that hoping to is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, sometimes you get lucky. Like I know for sure. Like when I when I download because I I download all of my talks. Um, yeah, and um, so, I'm know. working on a blog to kind of release as far as like um, kind of like doing compilation uh, tracks. Like I'm probably going to start like a little SoundCloud for like some of my segments and like allow people yeah. to like, hear what we have to offer so that I can kind of like, you know, coach people into like, okay, well, if you want to hear the show, you got to join Stereo. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I totally pimp it on on. The, the podcast side of things i'm like you know you could do the live broadcast and totally just you know promote 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah back to you because you know another thing i always wonder and ask people is like what what was there any kind of like i don't know even like an lgbt community like was there anything at school was there like what was like your first like who were the first people in mainstream media like what was you know that scene like around where you were at because you know for me it was like nothing i, I didn't have you know there was right by the time i got to high school they had like a a gay straight alliance they called it back then in the old days but um right but yeah there for was the still, dinosaurs like, a fabulous community you know <laughs> right for sure no and 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 for me personally i didn't have that either like most of my childhood was spent in like uh private christian schools um, so there was, oh, wow. you know, a gay straight alliance was out of the fucking question. Um, and then, like, when I got to, like, public school and, like, got to be around, like, regular kids, um, I was so not in tune with who I was at the, you know, at the at the very core of me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was a void. If there was um, resources, I wasn't accepting of them, nor was I making myself aware of those because I was... Like, that was the furthest thing from my mind. It was not trying right. to. Like, I came out at 18. Like, I waited I graduated high school, got my little diploma to, like, live my truth. Because I was not about being a part of the rumor mill. I didn't mind dishing it out. I didn't mind talking about it. But I did. I definitely minded being a part of it. So, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, up in, well, I guess since you probably went to, like, religious school, you weren't, um, like, dating in high school. So there was no, like, was there, like, a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Was there, like, any of that? nonsense happening in high school there was not my I, listen my childhood is so bleak and bland like i i, I tend to like kind of skip over my childhood because there's really nothing to talk about like my mom <laughs> god bless her soul shout out to mom um she was super 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 protective of me and my brothers and sister so yeah. like we had very limited access to things we didn't have to uh you know cell phones growing up we didn't have you know unsupervised um access to like the internet like my mom was so like all of these things were blossoming like in in my childhood like all like internet was starting to become like a you know a a big thing like the the technology was starting to progress like these kids will never know what it's like to have to sit in front of a computer and hear all those weird ass noises as it is connecting to dial up uh connection 
They will oh, never oh. know what it is to not be able to use the house phone while you're yep. on the internet because it uses the same line. Like, these are so spoiled. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. Oh, um, they have no idea me. how long it would take to watch any kind of porn. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Horrible. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> they'll never know what it is to go to the VHSs or the arcades. Like, they'll never know. They'll never know. <laughs> Well, yeah. So for you, like, what was uh, once? So once you came out at eighteen, mm. did you like? Were you dating people? Would, did you like still kind of keep things on the DL? Like, uh, what? Like, you know, for me, it was like uh, it was the first time I ever like really hooked up. It was back on Craigslist. You know, it was like I was supposed to be looking for oh, a job. Yes. And I found all these postings for like shady man for man hookups, and I was like, oh my <laughs> god, I'm not getting a job. I have to go hook up with everybody in New York. Like it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So like. What was it like for you then, or did you not date at all? Um, I actually came out at eighteen because I I was in a relationship um, oh. with a person who shall not be named, mm-hmm. but um, he was crazy. <laughs> he was absolutely batshit crazy. I, I was in a relationship with a man who was ten years older than me with a four year old son. Um, oh wow! You jumped was, right into the drama train. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that was to be expected coming from the likes of me, the one and only Vinny Blanco. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I really thought that for, you know, from an 18 year old's perspective, knowing me as broken <laughs> as I was at 18, um, <laughs> I think that I thought that um, dating older meant that I was going to bypass the foolishness and the inconsistencies right. and not knowing who you are. But you know, there are such a thing as people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who are just so emotionally immature to the point where it really doesn't matter how old they are, physically speaking, yeah. um, because they have so many issues on the inside that nobody will know until you actually take the time out to, like, find out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, it was a mess. It was a two-and-a-half-year relationship, um, and it... It taught me a lot, though. Like, I'm grateful for that relationship because it really taught me my worth. Like, it, it taught me when when not to compromise, when not to settle, when not to, to you know, allow yourself to accept mistreatment or verbal abuse or emotional abuse. Like, it yeah. really taught me a lot. So I feel like the best version of me was birthed out of that relationship, for sure. Wow. So interesting that, like, not only did you, like, come out, but you also came out with, like, this relationship, you know? Like, that's... Yeah. It's like double. It's like double trouble for sure. And was that um, oh, for sure? <laughs> was that your first? Was so? Was that relationship like your first person that you were like intimate with? Yeah, that was like that was that was my first like the love of my life. But that, yeah. But I mean, no, it's not all. It's just it was toxic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because for like sure. I think for me personally, because I had been raised around so many different people who were like feeding me such negative and toxic energy. Yeah. Um, I. I kind of grew up not learning how to love myself because all I was receiving was negativity from other people. Um, and I, so I'm sensitive. Like, I'm super sensitive. I'm a Taurus. I'm a creative. I write songs. I sing. I am, like, you know... Oh, my God, I'm I love you. I'm super sensitive. Like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, so, you know, whatever you throw at me, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to just be able to, like, kind of, like, brush it off my shoulder. Like, I feel things. Like... And even if I'm playing it off, I still, listen, three hours will pass. It's still in, in the back of my mind. Don't think that you, <laughs> don't think that it, I let it slip. Like, I, I understand. But, um, oh, my God, but yeah. yeah. I, I was so sensitive to energy to the point where if people 
voice uh, a problem that they have with my personality. I would internalize those things and make those issues that I had with myself, not because they were genuine issues, but just because it meant so much to you to have an issue with it, that there must be something wrong with it. Um, and of course, that's coming from a child's type of mindset, but that's exactly how I pro- process like negativity and negative energy. Oh my God. I feel like I'm talking to like my soul twin right now because <laughs> it's like, you're explaining, like you're really, you're breaking down like my mental health. Like you really, <laughs> you really are. Cause I, I can, I, uh, I'm, I'm so there with you on that. Yeah. With, with, with just people in your upbringing, just taking away basically your self-worth and then you in a sick, twisted way, believing that and, and moving forward For with sure. life as that, as that being your, sense of self and oh it is so fucked up and 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 just having fabulous people like you talk about it like is is doing someone some good somewhere you know that's all that's all i can ever hope is that like some little boy in omaha is like listening to us you know what i mean no for sure and honestly and that's so funny that you said that just because like on my show um i always tell people like listen like we struggle and go through certain things in life not necessarily because we deserved it but because there will be somebody in our life path who's going to the exact same situation or similar situation. And they're going to need that word of advice that you'll have ready because you went through that experience. Like yes. everything that we go through in our life, I really honestly feel like is never a, mis- a mistake. It's everything is purposed and intricately designed within the fabric of your life. And um, once you are able to the importance of the lesson that is to be learned in that experience, it's your responsibility um, as a vessel of light, as a vessel of love, as a vessel of positivity to go back and share what you've learned um, with your community, whether it be your family, whether it be your, your, your school, whether it be your church, whether it be wherever it is. Like, it's your responsibility to make sure that these lessons are being passed on. So I live my life not necessarily as a display for people to be like, listen, um, you know, this is what I've been through. This is the blueprint that worked for me. Follow the blueprint that worked for me. Like I more so allow life to kind of play because, you know, it's life is nothing more than just a series of unplanned and unscheduled events. And the people who win at this game are the people who, you know, play their cards to the best of their abilities given the circumstances they were in. Um, And so I just allow myself to kind of like go through things, um, but always allow my heart to be open so let, let my heart hear things when my ears aren't hearing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that once you allow your heart to kind of like guide you, when you let your faith in yourself and just faith in and who you know you are and who you're destined to be kind of make decisions for you, then um, things don't affect you as much. Like they, they don't resonate the same. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, I think that you're so correct in that. It, just having, you know, you, put yourself out there like that is is just adding just so much fucking awesomeness to the world truly <laughs> you know it's um it's so good thank you i'm just listen it's it's trial and error i'm not saying that i'm i'm perfect <laughs> like i'm still very much vinnie blanco from philadelphia i still have very much a northeastern attitude so if you cross me more than twice then it might just be on a poppington um but <laughs> i'm trying to be a better blanco than i was yesterday um and also i honestly feel that you know people resonate with me because or i resonate with people because 
I'm real. Like, yeah, I'm educated and I've gotten schooling. I went to college and, and yeah, I'm a mental health advocate. And like, I've worked in the field and I've worked along some really great doctors and nurses yeah. and adjunctive therapists and all of these things. But at the same time, I'm still very much Vinny from around the corner. So you're going to get like all of these like really big and elaborate conversations about what it is that you should be doing for yourself. But at the same time, you're going to get very much like bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you're oh playing yourself. Yes, you need to quit it. You know what I mean? Yeah, what is it with um with us people from the East Coast that, you know, my, my boyfriend's from the South. He's like a Louisiana guy. And that's when he wants to throw shade, like he that's what he throws at me, like how like horrible we are as people. And I'm like, I think we're just like really honest. You know, like I don't think we're intentionally we're very mean people. I just think that we keep it very honest all the time and we're not really into hospitality, you know, like it's it just is what it is. No, for sure. I mean, honestly, I, I love Southern hospitality. I think that the South kind of like abide by a different code of conduct than we do. Um, and I think that this is, and you're, you said you're from New York? I'm from like the Boston area, Massachusetts. Okay. I'm just same, school in New York. But same yeah, difference. Definitely Massachusetts. Yeah. So, y'all all the same. New Yorkers, Bostoners, yep. you guys are all pretty much the same. <laughs> just different accents, the same energy. Um, for sure. And this is coming for someone who just moved out of New York City just a year ago um, oh, after so living there know. for like four years. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've lived most of my adult life in New York City. But um, but yeah, I totally understand that. And I think that it's honestly like New- Northeasterners, we're brash. Like we're brash. We're very much like what you see is what you get in your face. Take it or leave it. And yeah, we're sorry. That- Take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I- and honestly, like I used to be someone who wasn't like that. I used to be so, I used to really like, kind of like allow myself to kind of like um fade into the background when it came to like uh social circles and meetings and especially when I had to make a first impression because I didn't want the extraness that is Vinnie Blanco mm-hmm. to kind of you know misinter like allow people to misinterpret who I really was at the core of me but then I had to realize like listen if these people are letting the little theatric things that you do that's a part of your personality get in the way of who you really are then you do not need to be connected to them in the first place so like um we're just brash we're we're very out there um but i think that's also kind of like a um a defense mechanism like it's just more so like listen bitch like i'd rather get this <laughs> out the way and see if i'm somebody that you really really can like fuck with because if not then i don't want to waste your time and i damn sure don't want you to waste mine so you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. I love that. Um, so what? Um, so like back to like what we were talking about with like uh, how they kids don't understand the olden day internet. When you uh, when you broke up with that first person and you ended up you know being single and started getting right. out there, like what were the ways of finding people for you? Was it like on Grinder? Like what was the go to like beginning the beginning days like? So I was approved like in my first couple of years, <laughs> first few uh-huh. years of me being out in the life. Like I never really felt into this day. And it's so funny because like I'm super gregarious. Like I, I can have a conversation, spark, spark a conversation anywhere I go. Never been the type to be shy. Never really was given the opportunity to be so. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> And that just comes from like every Sunday having to perform in someone's in front of someone's congregation or like, you know, having to do a, a press conference for my mom while she was doing shit for the museum that she was a vice president in Philadelphia. Like, so I was always in yes. front of cameras, always in front of a crowd. So like I was never given the opportunity of being shy necessarily. But um, but 
for me, when it comes to the community, I just never felt like I had a place. Like I can be in a room full of straight people and like know that sometimes like some, some of these people are going to be super, super uncomfortable with yeah. the shit that's about to fly in my mouth. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like there's a level of respect at the same time because they know that like, he knows I'm uncomfortable, but he's making the best of it. And he's, he's allowing me to be myself and he's being himself. So I can respect right. that. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. walk away from the experience and be like, okay, like, this is somebody who clearly, like, I, I don't identify with, but I get definitely respect for him for being completely himself and transparent. Um, but within the community, I just never really felt like there was a place. Like, I never really felt like there was a place for me. I'm super mm-hmm. sensitive, and you know how catty and shady these bitches can be. Oh, so, I know. Uh, it's terrifying. It, 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 listen, it's the, especially when you're sensitive. Like, you know, I grew up, like, yeah. in private schools. Like... You know, so I was always like in a protected, and then my mom was super, super protective. So like, I didn't really have much of a real life experience as far as like how people interact and how people deal with people, and and some right. of the you know some of the ways that they interact is negative, and you just have to be prepared to like have thick skin and get over it. Like, no, like yeah. somebody would say something to me, and I would literally like crumble each and every single time, which is exhausting. I don't re- recommend anybody do that, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like within the within the uh, uh, community, like I didn't really feel like there was a space for me, so I never really like did clubs too much. I, I, I you know, did guest appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, that's of course, what I like to call them. little cameos. You know, you know, just like a little, you know, razzle dazzle. Like, bitch, I'm, I'm, I'm in the gig. I just wanted to show my face and my love, and I'm out. Yeah, see me until like next summer. <laughs> Special appearance, the one and only Vinny Blanco, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. limited <laughs> limited edition, one night only. Come get come get in while you can, because I don't make returns <laughs> return trips for sure. Um, I love that. But when like with dating, like I think like I really like used like I was an OK Cupid user for a long time. Oh, That's how yeah. I met people. Mm-hmm. Um, Tinder a little bit. Um, but Tinder, like, I feel like the guys who use Tinder have, like, the attention spans of mats. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can meet people, you have a little bit of a connection, but, like, the next day they'll forget your name and they probably forget why they even matched with you in the first place. So, like, <laughs> it's just one of those things. But, yeah, those are the ways that I was, like, dating and finding people. Interesting. So you never, like, uh, did any of the old, like, uh, meeting up at bookstores or rest stops or... Um... Any of those old mythological uh, types? Hell to the <laughs> no, baby. Listen, my mom raised me. Listen, when I tell you that, I, I'm still unpacking all of the trauma. Like, my mom raised me on television yeah. shows like 60 Minutes and 2020. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Dateline. Like you know, shit. like, them TV shows that people would narrate your life story. Like, he had a perfect life. He had a perfect life until that one fateful day. Like, I mm-hmm. live that, like, every day. So my mom, like, kind of, like, manipulated me to be scared of the world. <laughs> So, like, when it came to, like, people, like, <laughs> trying to schedule me to, like, re- meet in, like, these really, like, shisty, you know, type of environments <laughs> or situations, I'm always, like, bitch, I am not about to make myself alive at five newscast broadcasts. <laughs> like, I cannot do this. Like, I can't. Because my mom, I can hear my mom's voice in the back of my head at this particular point. Like, I told your ass. Yep, that yep. Everywhere, everyone around the corner is a killer robber or a thief. So I told you. Like, you decided that you did not want to be receptive to that. So here we are. Oh, my God. You're so smart. And that is why you are so safe right now. <laughs> not really. Listen, I've made up for our, the ways that I was smart. Trust me. I think that for me, like, I feel like when you're a gay person living the life, like, especially, like, if you have all of the 
um, resources and um, you kind of like have people in your, in your, you know, in intermediate network who kind of like have a good hand on the life. You kind of like have the, the comfort and the ability of um, being able to fuck up and, and, and learn from your mistakes very early on, like getting a taste of like how the life works and what type of different people are, you know, part of this, you know, this, this, this community. Um, yeah. so for me, like I was debilitated in the way that I wasn't really directly associated, um, with the community. Like I rarely did prides. I never did prides in my area. I always only went to pride in New York. Um, and that's only because I knew that it would be so overly saturated that I like the likelihood of me running into people that I knew, um, was slim to none. Right. And I, I really just enjoy being able to like throw myself into a situation where I don't know anyone. Cause like I, I did that all college and I left every house party with everybody's number in my phone. Um, so like making friends <laughs> has never been a difficulty for me, but, um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of like navigated as far as like, the gay community was concerned, but like I started fucking up late because like I didn't have an understanding. So like, right. you know, I was like giving people passes when I shouldn't be giving passes. And I was like 26 mm -hmm. and 27. I'm like, damn, like why am I suffering these type of experiences now? Yeah. And then like, after <laughs> yeah. like getting therapy, I was like, oh wait, yeah, I was debilitated in my, in my maturity as far as like my lifestyle is concerned. So like, right. you know, I'm glad that I got that out the way. Oh yeah, for sure. What is like uh, one thing I like to ask everybody is like for you, what, how would you define what is toxic masculinity? Oh, I love that you asked this question. Cause I actually want to start, have a conversation about that on my, um, on my channel, I guess the channel is what you call it. This thing. Yeah, do it. You know, I'm telling you when talk. it's, um, I've done that topic a couple of times. It's a good topic to do on stereo. You, people get for involved sure. and that's why I love to ask it. So yeah. Um, to toxic, toxic masculinity, I believe, is a concept that um, it's kind of like based off of the whole boys will be boys type of um, sure. narrative. They're kind of intertwined. I think that um, mm -hmm. toxic masculinity is more so assigned to the roles um, of gender rather than, um, well, the behaviors of gender rather than the roles of gender. And that's the problem. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they make things that aren't acceptable, acceptable. Like they want, they, you know, toxic masculinity, like boys can have emotions, but like, if you, if you feel something, you have to feel it. If you're pushing it, if you're, if you're sedating yourself by self-medicating, or if you are um, internalizing this issue, like for years and years, you're going to, you're going to explode. Yeah. Like this is not yeah. going to end in a positive manner. Um, and I've already had, ex you know, mini explosions that were like super detrimental to me. Like, so I'm one of those people like, oh, I'm feeling something. Let me work through it now so that the bitch doesn't have to rear his ugly head tomorrow morning. Cause then I'm gonna really be pissed. <laughs> like, yeah. so that's just how I handle my situation. <laughs> yeah. Toxic masculinity, like, um, you know, men can't feel, men can't express themselves, um, uh, it even goes yeah. into like the type of colors they like. It's just very like I don't know. It's very yeah. And it's not to say I think one thing I always like to stress to people because you know this is like a topic that some people get mad about. It's like especially a lot of like really uneducated like dumb straight guys think that yeah. think that I'm saying that there's something wrong with being masculine or there's something bad about masculinity. And that's not what I am trying to say when I have these conversations. It's not about that. If no one's saying there's something wrong with you because you're masculine. It's these ideas that we put into people. And, you know, right. it's like, it's the difference between like, you know, a, a little boy, both a four-year-old 
boy and a four-year-old girl. One of they both fall down, and the girl, little girl cries. Well, she's gonna be consoled, and and you right. know, and the little boy's gonna not gonna be treated the same way. And that's just right. that's how I try to like put in perspective to to those straight guys that are out there, for sure. Um, kind of kind of wondering what's wrong with with them, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how we go about like putting these ideas onto onto kids, you know? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and and we see. I think that even toxic masculinity, I think that we, as, as you know, LGBTQ plus people um, see that um, in, you know, just regular social um, dynamics. But I think that we also see a lot of the um, influence of toxic masculinity within our own community as well. Like, because I've oh, never yeah. seen as much bottom shaming in my life than I have mm. within current years. Like, I, I and I, I'm like, but there has to be bottoms in order for I, there to be tops. So you know what, what is the point? And how masculine can anybody look with a dick in their mouth? I just don't understand. I, I, I just... Yeah. That's a whole... <laughs> I feel like that's a whole nother topic for, you know, for like a whole show you could do is is, is the toxic mask thing in the gay community. It's it's bottom shaming. It's femme shaming. It's like... Yeah. Uh, mask for really, mask. I've heard, I, someone, like, someone just a couple months ago, I heard saying like, "I'm only attracted to like masculine bottoms," and I'm just like, "What is going on around here?" Like, right. you guys, it's just, and yeah, and what and what is that? What is that supposed to in. mean? Like yeah. masculine bottoms. Like, did the last bottom that you fucked have a cooch? Because if that's the case, then <laughs> I think that you need to have your eyes assessed because the, clearly the problem is not who you're messing with. The problem is you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, I think it decision. all comes down to that like internalized homophobia that a lot of uh, a lot of us don't want to acknowledge, and that's really what it comes down to is is this idea that yeah, I don't I, the bottom shaming really drives me crazy, and I mean yeah, I'll, sure. I gotta, I'll, I'll tell all three listeners here on stereo like I even get it in my own relationship, you know, like it's it's and and, and here's the thing it's like a lot of us do this the things we say we say it in in a joking manner. But, yeah. you know, it, it always, it's not, it's not really, it's really all is kind of this just, I don't know, toxicness that's, that's seeped out from what, what we've yeah. all experienced. And from our experiences. All... Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you see that, I feel like you see a lot of that definitely when it comes to like, um, well, I can't speak for everyone's experience, but like I went to a drag show and when I tell you the first drag show I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Um, in Philadelphia, and when, and Mimi Empress was hosting it, and when I tell you, she embarrassed the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, I shit. never went to a drag show again a day in my life. Like I felt like I was like, what did she do? Um, there was a contest, you know, that like drag queens. Are oh yeah, they like usually get to like, go up there and get you to do wild shit. and crazy shit. Yeah. Yep. So I guess they were doing like a bulge contest and I had just started talking to somebody <laughs> during that week. And so she called me up on stage without asking people to come up. Like she asked me to come up. I didn't have my hand raised, but I guess I was just cute that day. Thank God. And so <laughs> she was like, you, you come up. And I was like, sure. And um, yeah, I, she was like having us do a competition for something. Um and so, like, she had, like, the crowd, I guess, judge us on something. I forget exactly. And then she told us to, like, take off our clothes. And I was like, bitch, I'm not going to take off my clothes. Like, you know, I'm not even trying to see myself with my clothes off some days. Like, I'm right, trying to get rid of right. this spring jacket that I can't seem to take the zipper off. Like, there's a couple pounds on this body that I'm not trying to share with the rest of the community. Like, 
So um, I just took off my clothes and like she bashed me so hard for it. Like she gave me such a hard time about it. I was just like, oh, oh God. bitch. Yeah. It was just like, and but yeah, I mean, of course, I think that she probably, I'm th- you know, looking back on it, I'm sure it was just, it was done in all, you know, fun. But like, like I said, I was, I'm super sensitive. So like me already being in front of a whole bunch of people within my own community that I don't know or kind of identify with, um, to have that kind of, kind of like happen and like see people laughing, kind of less like, made me resort to like school like you know when i was yeah, like getting seen yeah. in school i'm just like oh god i'm even getting mm-hmm. it in the gay community what the fuck is going on so yeah oh yeah but, you know there's so many things i think that the gay community needs to rethink with the way they say things and put things out there i mean even just the phrases of top and bottom i mean like we we give a sexual position um a, a personal like human character trait like we we label people the p- position they prefer like you're not a top you prefer to top and you're not a bottom you, that's just what you prefer to do and and sometimes yeah, it's yeah. not like a permanent as- assignment you know like sometimes people switch For around sure. like For so sure. yeah it's just, it's just and i love that you said things. that i love that you said that because um i think that a lot of times um within our own community we tend to um make ourselves nothing more than just our sexuality yeah um which is why um one of the only like one of like the only thing that our community seems to be able to be super super successful in is anything that has something to do directly tied to sex like you would think that with this community full of like you know artists and uh, dancers and like you would think that we oh, would yeah. just have more established for us especially since we only make up one to three percent of the world's population at large like you would think that we would still manage to um like have a whole like in in, in hollywood and broadway or something. yeah like you would think the only yeah. thing yeah you would think but the only thing that i ever seem to see people really be able to make a lot of money and be successful in is usually porn mm-hmm. and it's so sad it's sad yeah, it's definitely something that needs to change. Should we pop this bubble here? For sure. I don't understand the point of us all being gay people and then shaming some. Like me, I'm a masculine gay dude. Always been the top my whole life. I'm already engaged to my partner. He assumes the feminine role. He, I even call him my wife. I love him so much. But I'm not ever putting myself in a position to cut down the rest of the gay people. I mean... We all hurt the same. We all wonder why the hell people don't leave us alone and mind their own business. All night lemonade. I love that. Thanks for the for, thanks for the comment. I actually just followed you because you know I feel like when you find a good top, you just gotta follow him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> listen I, and listen and thank you for for uh, dropping your message. Much light, love, and positivity to you. I don't think that um, I think that people get often like terminology mixed up within the community like masculine mm-hmm. automatically so is 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 automatically associated with a top like and femininity is all automatically right. associated with bottoming like as as much as i love to key with my girls i'm very much a top <laughs> like you know what i'm saying and so and and it's crazy because within my own experience of me living my life and and me you know encountering other people within this lifestyle and then also um well not lifestyle i hate that term i have to really stop saying that that's something that's learned <laughs> within my community um yeah it's something that i'm kind of like being because throughout my life like people 
always told me that I had to be a bottom because I was the way I was. I'm just like, bitch, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I didn't know that me taking care of how I looked was a problem for anybody. I thought I looked pretty nice. Today. You know, I thought I thought it was cute. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that people really need to stop doing that because like, um, men are XY chromosomes, so we we have both uh, energies within us. You know what I'm saying? We absolutely do. And, and I love that you said that. And because you never know, like, I mean, first of all, I didn't go into this th- thinking, oh, Exo Blank Blanco is a top or a bottom. But like, but like sure. the fact that you just told us that like shows us that like you don't really know what a person uh, prefers and it has nothing to do with the way they act or their mannerisms or anything right. like that. And it's, and it's so fluid, like in, look, Anonymous, that was my 20s. I'm in my 30s. I've really been living the life of Thomas Monogamous for quite some time now. <laughs> and I, I gotta say, just in my relationship, um, when it started, I was the top, you know, but okay. like three, three or four years in, you know, that was part of my internalized homophobia. I was so afraid right. of bottoming, you know, something that I was just shamed about. I always kind of, I definitely had, took that stance of like, that they were like, you know more gay than me and that i was better and yeah but you know a part of part of like self-discovery and all that is like letting go of all that shit and turns out like i fucking love bottoming you know like it's great and right that was just like one of those obstacles i had to come over and i'm sure many other people do but it just goes to show you that like it's not all one thing like i haven't always been a top i haven't always been a bottom you know i've done both and i definitely prefer one but like yeah it's you just you never know you can never like assume Right. And like what you prefer is nobody else's decision to make but yours. Like, and I really want people to have to really stand firm in that concept. Like once you really connect with that energy, then then you can't be stopped. Because I feel like a lot of times we allow ourselves to be manipulated into thinking that we need to be validated by other people. But like people are finicky. People change their opinions and their viewpoints with the weather. Um, And so, you know, and I always (laughs) tell people like, listen, if you allow your happiness and your and your um, stability to be contingent on other people, then you will always be in a state of vulnerability. And um, if you would like to see anything different happen within your life experience, then just try try being alone and not being and not being lonely. Once you've established, yeah. once you've accomplished being alone and not being lonely, then you are no longer looking for validation you are no low because you because you understand that listen i'm going to be who i am even if that means i have to be who i am by myself i have to stand in myself i don't have anybody fending for me um so once you allow to be alone and not be lonely that's when you start really seeing the fruits of real relationships people show you a little bit more respect people the way they, they the way they even have conversations with you is different because they already know that if I come and approach Vinny Blanco in this manner, he's going to read me like a book, like a church mother on Easter Sunday. I just don't have time <laughs> for that experience. So, um, so yeah, that's what I'm always encouraging people to do. I mean, it was a, it was a lesson that I, that's t- taken me forever to learn. Um, and it's still a lesson that I still have to remind myself a lot of times. Um, because like I said, I'm a sensitive person and sometimes I, I get caught up in me being human. Um, but once you kind of really latch onto that energy, then nothing, nothing affects you the way that it used to. So true. I love that. I'm going to pop this bubble here. I just meant that's how I identify because of the way that I grew up around my masculine influences. I was adopted and grew up with women, but I was always in the South side with my male cousins. 
and they would beat my ass, you know, to help me harden up because they knew I was gay, but they wanted me to be able to defend myself. And somewhere along the way, you know what I mean? I, you know, I took on, you know, a, a masculine persona. That's how I feel. You know, I feel like a man, not that, you know, any other yeah. gay man or any one of us should feel less than, you know, I can only tell you how I didn't identify and my, um, my fiance to all, I should call him my husband because it's already legal as of last year. Um, you know, he's feminine, but he's also a man. We've been, we even worked at the same moving company and we, you know, move hundreds of pound, you know, hundred, couple hundred pound items down and up three flights stairs. You know what I mean? We're a team, but that's my wife. Damn, that's hot. <laughs> no, no, I, but, no, I definitely I understand like what, a situation. I, I, I was going to say, like, I understand what he's what he's saying with, with, you know, like we all have those. Like, he was raised that way. I, you know, I, I, I purposely tried to make myself masculine. You know, for me, it was like I had I, I studied, you know, guys like him and his brothers, like because to me, like I didn't want, you know, the opposite of of what it basically when you're a femme little boy it's not easy you know you're gonna you're gonna get dragged so so yeah like i i i definitely i i can see what he's saying for sure yeah for sure um i never really got the opportunity to be anything else than what i am because like my family on both sides are well more so my mom's side i'm not really that attached to my father's but um my mother's Mm -hmm. side is the bigger side of my family my grandmother was one of 15 kids um, so like, wow. um, I have, yeah, I have an extended amount of like cousins and aunts and uncles and things like that. Um, but m- most of my cousins growing up were females. Um, and I used to think they were so cool. I used to think they were so cool. They would just <laughs> sing all the hot songs. They would be in training, but know everything. They used to do hair. I was like, oh my God, they are the coolest. And then like, they all like grew up in Philadelphia. So like. Um, you know, they all hung out together. They were really, really close. I was like, oh my God, I want to be just like my cousins. So I pandered myself a lot um, after my cousins. Um, and so, you know, and then my dad wasn't around either. My dad was in the military for the first 10 years of my life. So I never really had like a a, wow. a, a, a masculine or male influence in my life. So all I knew was my mom and, you know, my extended family. Um, and so I kind of like, a lot of the things that I had an affinity for were things that were my, you know, uh, brought about from the influence of my my girl cousins because that's right. the energy that was exposed to me. Um, so growing up and being a little bit more effeminate than, you know, the average boy, that was hard for sure. And I grew up at, I mean, and I'm sure that you can agree too, um, Tommy. Tommy. Um, mm. We grew up at a time where being gay was not trendy. Like I feel like now it's like yeah. such like a trend. But like, and, yeah. and, like, and I'm glad that it, there's, you know, there's a, a, it's much more widely accepted than it was. But I grew up in like the Mathers, Matthew Shepard era of being gay in America. Um, yes. So it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest cross the bear for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, also, like I came from that religious background, so like I wasn't just getting it out, in, you know, in school and out in the world. I was getting it at home too. Like every day was a fight. Um, but absolutely. Um, I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't take it back, though, for sure. Because my cousins are amazing, and, and they love me down. So I, I really wouldn't Yeah, take it back. that's, I, you know, I, I love that you said that. It's another thing I, I always try to stress to younger, younger people is that, like, there was no glee. There was no, right. like, there was, I mean, like, Ellen was in the closet. It was not, you know, there were no, like, right. gay, gay mainstream people, you know, for a long Rosie. time. 
You know, like when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, there were two types of gay guys in mainstream media, dead, dead AIDS patients. And then like the super yeah. sassy femme sidekick who eventually probably got AIDS. Like, that's what it always came yeah. down to. And, you know, there, I mean, like, I, when I, when I, was, I remember when Rosie O'Donnell was, like, supposed to be straight. Like, it was insane, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I always yeah. try to stress that to people that it's it's been, it's great that now, you know, they do have RuPaul's Drag Race playing in bars. Right. You know? Like, I right. love that. But it's been, it's been a long haul, for sure, you know? For sure. Hello? Hello, am I here? Yeah. Yes, you are. I just wanted to make sure I didn't, I thought we got disconnected for a second. Okay, so I like to finish with a couple questions that I've stolen from James Lipton. I don't know if you remember him. He was like the old uh, actor studio guy. Uh, yes, I do remember him. Okay. He passed so, away, didn't he? I, he did, yeah. So, um, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm totally going to be on that show. And obviously, that shit didn't happen. So I just decided I to steal some of his questions that he would always ask people at the end and uh, i'm gonna do that now so i would like to okay. know what your favorite word is my favorite word it could be uh, a curse word too my favorite word would be facetious Ooh, Blanco, that is a good one. Yeah, my, my favorite word is, 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 is facetious. My grandmother was a Scrabble queen. Shout outs to you, Nana. Love you. Um, yeah, she, <laughs> she was up, a Scrabble Nana? queen. <laughs> she was a Scrabble queen. So, and and uh, my mom was a teacher when she, before she had me. Um, so, like, I was, like, my mom was like, listen, I'm raising young African-American young men to get jobs and to be people yes. of society. Like, um, so, I like, love I that. was raised, like, talking very proper, and, like, we didn't use slang, and like, we dressed very well. So the kids would run us, you know, out of a house to the home most of the time, back to our households, because, you know, <laughs> we were just super, super, you know, very much, like, you know, book smart and educated and articulate and innocent, you know, kids see I innocence love genuineness it was just like oh we got to destroy them a first opportunity possibly <laughs> um but yeah but um, i love yeah that. i grew up like being around a lot of words and stuff so facetious would definitely that reminds me of my childhood and my grandmother what um what turns you on creativity creativity oh my god my fucking words i can't blah creatively what sparks your creativity? yeah cre creatively oh my god <laughs> what sparks my creativity I think for me, like, I get the most creative when I am in a state of service to people. Like, I, it took me almost 10 years, probably longer than that. I would say probably I'm 29 now. Um, so not counting this year, so 28. So it took me about um, 14 years. 14 years for wow. me to realize what my exact purpose was like and I think that yeah. people and this is a conversation I definitely want to have on my, my channel for sure um we are multifaceted individuals like so th there's not we're not just limited to one ability you know what I mean or or one talent mm -hmm. we are multifaceted individuals um so there are tons of gifts that we've been given um 
And I spent most of my life since 14 years old trying to be a pop star. Like I wanted to be the male, you know, equivalent of Ariana Grande for sure. But yes. I just was, you know, and, and not to say that I, I'm not talented in that regards. I, I can hold, definitely can sing. I can definitely write songs. But like, it took me really being able to like look at my life and in, like in an interest and having an introspective moment and realizing that um, every job that I ever worked at has been a customer service job, and I've always had a heart for people. Um, yeah. And when I got to work in the mental health facility that I was working at um, earlier in the year, that's when it really just kind of like I had an aha moment, as Oprah likes to call them. My mom loves it. Oh, yes. All the time. Oh, um, yes. I had an aha moment. I was like, wow, like my purpose is to be in service to people. Like, because it doesn't matter where I go, it doesn't matter how old I am, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Like, I'm always finding myself doing jobs that I do considerably well in. Um, where I'm of service to people. I just have a heart for people. I, I love making connections. Um, and when I've, been, when I've been given the opportunity to work within the mental health industry, I really got to see, you know, all of the tricks of the trade that I've learned through experience in the, in the various jobs that I've worked, because I've worked so many. Um, I really got to see that work magnificent, like, wonders within my patients. And so they were leaving the hospitals, different people. Because they were just like, wow, like I met this guy, Vinny, and like he has all this personality and he's fabulous. Yeah. He just told me that there's nothing that makes me any different than him. Like we all have thoughts, we all feel ways about ourselves, and that, and you know, they're all not, they're all not positive all the time. But it's, it's how we deal with those thoughts that, that separate us. And so if I can just manage the way that I kind of like, you know, act on the thoughts that I have. Then I could be just as fabulous mm-hmm. and just as as confident as Vinnie Blanco can be. So like that's that's <laughs> kind of like where I'm you at are that. so fucking fabulous. I love you. Like, we are gonna be best <laughs> friends after this. I just oh my for God, sure. I no, Tommy, it. Tommy, a nominee. I love that you. I, everyone will tell you like I'm always like talking about you. I'm like Tommy's anonymous is amazing. So like when you asked me to do the show, I was like for sure. Like I'm so yes. mad we didn't do it the show beforehand. All right, I have one more question for you, but let me let me let's pop some of these uh, messages and then I'll ask my final question. You know, I think for most gay kids, every day is a fight in some way or another. My the advice I always give to young gays, the little gaybies, is learn how to read and learn how to throw a punch because you never know when you're going to need either one. Joaquin, oh, he was on a couple weeks ago. Look at him. I know. Thanks that's when I, I I was in your talk with you guys. Um, that's when you chimed in. Yes. Yeah. Look at the stereo. Hey, line. hey, Vinny. Hey, what's going on? That is a great question. And Vinny, you have a great word. Thank you, Desi Des. Shout out to that girl, Des. She is my co-host of the Extroverted Empath. Um, she's a registered nurse. So a lot of these conversations that I have surrounding mental health awareness. Um, not only are you just getting my little corner of advice given my little bit of expertise, but you're also getting educated, informed um, advice um, from people who are working within the industry, um, you know, current day. So thank you, Desi. I love you down. Um, I got to hit you up. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's happening in here, lads? What's happening? Shout out to my boy, Mr. Thomas Anonymous. Yo, shout you out, my bro. How you doing? I haven't seen you. You must be on at these crazy times because it's 5 a.m. right now. So these must be this must be the reason why I don't see you a lot. But shout you out, man. I can't wait for our talk tomorrow. And yo, Finny Blanco. What's, what's up, what's up? Hope you're well, man. Hope you're well. Seeing you about it as well. Thanks for chiming in on some of my chats and stuff. I appreciate it. 
I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, man, just thought I'd come in and see what's happening for a bit. I hope you guys are both well. So I'd come through and show some love and all that good stuff. Yes, good morning, good morning. <laughs> I know, well, at the beginning of this talk, I was saying how I haven't been on in like a week, but um, I'm back on and uh, we actually have a talk tomorrow that is all about masculinity. So yes, I'm telling you, it's a good topic. Yes, love that. Uh, I mean, I think we right. also have to like redefine what, what masculinity is too. Like we can't oh, always yeah. just limit it to like what's being taught. Like masculinity is so much more than... Um, you know, being super, super macho and, and you know, fist pumping. <laughs> like, like um, oh, yeah. I, I, I find myself connecting with my masculine energy when I'm just, you know, being brave enough to face the world in my truth. You know what I'm saying? That's masculine. And, you know, masculinity is a term and and I'll probably like bring this up again tomorrow, but like it's, it's a term that like if you actually research and look, look into it, it hasn't been part of our kind of language since you know it's relatively new since like the, the beginning of the 1800s it became a phrase and then if you look some google has of course a fucking chart of like the word and, and how many times it's been used like in uh, publishing and stuff and it really kicked up like it's just shot through the graph around like the 1960s 70s 80s it became it kind of morphed into a whole new thing so it is something i think people need to rethink and definitely talk about and and we're we're literally changing the world, Vinnie Blanco. Absolutely, one heart at a time. The, are you ready for the final question? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. If heaven exists, what would you mm-hmm. like to hear when you arrive? Mm. Like, I, I, well, they say God, but I mean, it could be like light or whatever. Like, what would you want that? Well, whoever welcomes you, what do you want them to say to you? Mm. Wow. I know. Um, it's a, it's a I, tough w- one. I would want to say, one. I'm proud of you. Oh, I think that yes. that would be, I think that that would be the one thing that I would want to hear. Like, oh. I got to have, like I'm proud of you. Like, given and all And then they embrace of... you. I just felt that. Like, you said that, and then yeah. they embrace you, and then bam, you're there. Yeah, because I mean, and and that, and that that is all things considered, like all positive and negative included. Like, I'm not saying I I will never um, be, you know, a lot of people sometimes, especially when it comes to content creators, um, we like to like um, kind of glamorize ourselves and make it seem like we're not. Um, we don't ever like make decisions that were piss poor or <laughs> or, or oh, willingly God. allow yeah. ourselves to to. To, to vibrate at lower frequencies. But I think that with all things considered, good and bad, I think that um, given all of the circumstances and, and even the things that just kind of like worked against me um, from the beginning of this whole journey of, of, of spiritual restoration and, and spiritual awakening, I think that I want, that's the one thing I wanna, I wanna hear. I don't think I wanna hear, you know, anything else more than like, I'm proud of you. Like, what a way to make lemonade out of lemons. Like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love you. You're so awesome. I love you, Tommy. Where can Tommy, I... I, we right. have to do this all the time. 
we have to yeah we have to do i'm gonna so i can do anything i can do any kind of afternoon evening uh nighttime talks i can't do the mornings anymore because i'm just gonna do a side little gossip here i got in so much trouble because i was like i was obsessed with being on stereo and like i'm an i'm an elderly college student right now like i'm in fucking school full-time and i cannot <laughs> like i don't have time to be on stereo and i felt wait what do you mean elderly like, college student <laughs> It just means I'm 37 and in school. So, like, I don't have time. But, like, I, I was fucking on stereo all day. I was at the point, Vinny, where, like, I would be on talking and then, like, have to do shit, like, take the dogs out. I left my boyfriend's dog outside twice. <laughs> like, twice. Oh, my God. Place. So, I had to, like, that's why I took a break. I was like, oh, my God. I got to, like, get my shit together and, like, not be fucking on stereo all the time. But, yes, we, we, love will, the passion. we can definitely chat anytime you want. Just, you know, shoot me a message. I'd love to chat. For sure, absolutely. And thank you for having me. I, I love this conversation. I've been trying to do chats um, for the last two days. I had my wallet stolen the other day. So I had to oh, cancel no. the vlog. Yeah, I do a morning show Mondays and Thursdays. <laughs> 7 to 11, I haven't done a morning show. I didn't do a morning show today or yesterday. And that's the real. Like, I, my wallet was stolen yesterday. I was going through that whole situation. And then, like, on top of that, my co-host for today's morning show decided that he was just not he didn't want to do it so i i was without a co-host and i couldn't you know oh, do that no. today so i'm just like i know people are like where is exo vinny blanco but i'm yeah. around guys i'm here i'm alive i'm healthy just going through the, you know the circle of life well for the listeners that aren't on stereo that'll hear this through spotify and all of that can you let them know where they can follow you Absolutely. Um, my in- my Instagram handle, all of my handles, honestly, on every platform is Blanco. I've made it very easy for you to find me. Um, nice, nice. And yes, yes, that's that's where you can find me. I have really great talks to look out for. I have a blog com- a blog coming out um, that's directly um, tied into um, some of my mental health to- um, topics that I talk about on here. Um, and I also have new music coming out next year. So you guys will get to see more of the creative um, aspect of myself. So I'm excited. Yes. Follow Vinny Blanco. Um, such a cutie patootie. Let's uh, play these messages. And see- oh, this has been such a great chat. Sending you guys lots of love. I haven't been, been here the whole time, but I'm not chiming in because I'm just so entranced this conversation is so deep and so real i just gotta sit here and take it all in <laughs> take it joaquin take it oh I just- <laughs> exo betty blanco and thomas anonymous how are you yes 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 the thomas anonymous show it's now going down on stereo let's get it what's up what's up what's up what's up jersey worthy what's much up, love, jersey and positivity worthy. To you. love and light and all that good shit why don't you flip Anonymous and Thomas like the Anonymous Thomas show? I don't know. I'm nobody. <laughs> because he's Tommy yeah. Anonymous. So, <laughs> well, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it is what it is. We can always switch it around to you guys, but I'm more than happy to flip flop. I'm, I'm very versatile like that. Ooh. We love, we live for versatility out here. And the stereo streets, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, I I love you. You're amazing. We are gonna talk again soon. I've gotta go now, but thank you so much for joining me, and thanks for uh, you know all the listeners left messages that are here and, and uh, are fabulous. Absolutely, thank you for so much for having me. I appreciate you. Um, and yeah, we'll do this again soon. Okay, I'll see you on the streets. Yes, you shall. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Yes! Totally crushed it. I want to thank XO Vinny Blanco for chatting with me live on Stereo App. You can follow him on all platforms at XO Vinny Blanco. That Vinny has an IE. Everybody knows that. Remember to get Stereo App and follow Thomas Anonymous and join me for the next live broadcast Thursdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We go live and, uh, you know, we'll always be here too. If you want to send me hate mail or possibly a dick pic, whatever, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Okay, bye.